some of you young folks been saying to me, hey, Pops, what do you mean, what a wonderful world? How about all them wars all over the place? You call them wonderful? And how about hunger and pollution? They ain't so wonderful either. But how about listening to old Pops for a minute? Seems to me it ain't the world that's so bad, but what we are doing to it, and all I'm saying is see what a wonderful world it would be if only we'd give it a chance. Love, baby, love. That's the secret. Yeah. I guess we should say, because this will be the first episode that we're going to make live on the internet, that you're my dad and you are Norman Finkelstein, the famous anti-Zionist uh, professor. No, that's not me. Um, all right, so we're going to do live from uh, California and Brazil. That's right. I'm in Brazil. And you're in San Diego. I'm in San Diego, and I am uh, not that Norman Finkelstein, but I am a Norman Finkelstein. What do you think about the what's been released uh, about the Mueller investigation? Okay, I think the Mueller investigation um, has gone on for two years. I think yeah. that there's been um, God knows how much time and money spent. I mean, he had an unlimited budget and a, and a big staff. Um, they've done a thorough, thorough investigation, and they've come up with absolutely nothing with regards to collusion. Now, for the last two years, we've been hearing nothing but um, there's evidence he colluded from the, from, from the press as well as from the Democrats. Um, some of them going outright and saying there's evidence, there's clear evidence, he will be indicted and all of this crap, when none of it, absolutely none of it was true. And now that the investigation's done, there's absolutely been no collusion, that's the, that's, that's the ultimate decision. And um, yet they want to still go on with more investigations of this poor guy. It makes no sense. Now, I understand why it's happening. It's happening because they hate Donald Trump. And I can even understand why they hate Donald Trump, because of the things he says. Um, some things he says are outrageous. But the guy is doing a good job in terms of what his actions are. If the... Uh, DNC emails were hacked. John Podesta's emails were hacked. Should there have been no uh, like broad sweeping investigation to, to understand why uh, th that was done and to of, look at of, the evidence that course. happens to show that there was lots of people who committed crimes that were working on the Trump uh, then at that time at the time campaign no. and later who worked in the administration. Okay. Two points, two things. You're looking at two separate things. Number mm -hmm. one, um, if it was just looking into the hacking and the campaign by Russia to um, mislead the public by putting out false information on Facebook and Twitter and all of that, if you just look at that, yes, the you didn't need a special prosecutor. That could have been handled clearly by the attorney general and, and, and um, his department. That investigation should have been done, required to be done, and with, with some idea as to what needs to be done to stop Russia from engaging in this conduct. 
But what happened was it was pushed aside, that main issue, and everybody was looking at Trump. Well, was there collusion? And, and it was all because of that stupid dossier that, that started this whole investigation into Trump. The only reason you had a special prosecutor was to go after Trump to see if there was collusion with Russia. That Donald Trump stood on a stage during the campaign and said, Russia, if you're listening, I'd love to get a hold of those missing emails. He I, knew that, that there was already at that point uh, reporting that there was all these attempts by the Russians to, to hack the election and to try to disrupt it. And, and that was what he said during the campaign publicly on television for the world to see. Correct, so correct. the idea Russ, that Russ, there might be some sort of collusion is not too far of a stretch. It's a very big stretch. There's a difference between somebody who's being facetious, as he was, publicly facetious. Yeah, Russia, if you have it, I'd like to see it. A and reality. But everything that was revealed and all of these indictments, that Roger Stone, for example, was like chatting with the hackers, that he apparently knew that John Podesta's emails were going to be the subject of this massive dump before it happened, indicates that there's people that were close to Trump and there was people that were part of his campaign that, like, if, if hindsight is 2020, right, uh, I think in hindsight there wasn't enough uh, evidence to say conclusively that Trump or anyone else should have been indicted by the investigation. That that's, not what, what, that's not what Mueller said, my friend. What you're doing is you're... you're convoluting apples and oranges, okay? Yes, some of the people surrounded by Trump, or that was Trump was surrounding himself with, had, had criminal backgrounds, and those, those were indictments. Had nothing to do with Trump, nothing to do with Russia, nothing to do with collusion, okay? A lot of it had to do with Russia. It had to Papadopoulos do- Papadopoulos went and, and fished for dirt and then offered it to uh, the rest of the campaign while he was employed by the campaign. There was absolutely, if you read the Mueller report, there were, well, not the report, but the report uh, of the Attorney General that, that uh, I'm going to read it to you. The special counsel found that Russian government actors successfully hacked into computers and uh, attained emails, yada, 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 from Clinton. Okay, but as noted above, the special, special counsel did not find that the Trump campaign or anyone associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in these efforts, despite multiple offers from Russian-affiliated individuals to assist the Trump campaign. No one in the Trump campaign cooperated with Russia or colluded with Russia or conspired with Russia, period. Okay. You just had a two-year, unlimited, full-on investigation involving God knows how many witnesses and all the, us, all the rest of it that found nothing. And now we're going to continue this campaign. Why? Because they hate Trump. That's the only reason. Wait, That's the what, only what, reason. I, I'm hearing different things, right? I've, I've heard some people say, well, there's the Southern District of New York and all these other... Different um, animal, different animal. They're looking at his background, at his business dealings. You know, that, that's what they're looking... Now they're looking into every single aspect of his life. Well, I and mean... why I are they doing that? I, I think it's noteworthy, and if this was a different president, it probably would have been a much bigger story that Donald Trump's personal attorney paid a porn star hush money during the campaign and pled guilty to a crime of which Donald Trump is... I mean, at least like implicated or suggested 
to have knowledge that he knew about that transaction. He lied to it. Pub- he lied about it publicly. And Bill Clinton. Uh, if and that Bill was Clinton, Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton. Obama, law, and Bill, that would be like the lead yeah, story. It's yeah, just I know. That, and Bill Clinton was but, impeached for just that same thing. Only with Bill Clinton, he lied under oath in a deposition and lost his yeah. bar license. He can't practice law, but he wasn't impeached. So yeah, but but all of that aside, that has nothing to do with Russia. You can go after Trump for a million things, and a lot of them may be justified, and I won't argue with it. But this this whole two-year fiasco was just that. When we're talking about what the fiasco is, the investigate, I mean, you're, you were a cop, right? Now you're a lawyer. I think you understand that there's merit to due process. And when there's any sort of probable cause, it's worth sort of poking around and checking it out. I don't think that any patriotic American after, uh, you know, Americans are attacked during an election in, by an, in an attempt by a foreign power to sway an election, that shouldn't be taken lightly, right? Like, I think it the investigation... It absolutely the, requires to be investigated, that okay. issue. But where they got lost was they were focusing on Trump and his campaign as opposed to what should we do about the Russians? They, Congress had two years to deal with this issue. What did they do? Trump, Trump, Trump. I think Congress totally took their eyes off the ball in this case, which was Russia, and focused on Trump because of the, the dislike, the disdain for the man. And they were trying to take Trump down, and they're still going to try and take him down for the next two years, and then perhaps four years after that. But the bottom line is fix the problem, address the problem. The problem is not Trump. The problem is Russia being able to hack into them, number one, and number two, Russia putting out false propaganda all over the internet. There has to be, we have to be able to stop that. How, I don't know, but that's what Congress has to deal with. They have to pass laws, they have to do certain things, take actions, have hearings on that. That's the, that's, that's the horrific part of this, that they overlooked that. I mean, the, there's a reason why like, it, it, it infects the minds of so many liberals, the idea that he is, you know, acting on behalf of Russia or that he's been corrupted somehow because there's all of these instances where he's defended Putin or said nice things about him or denied that, like he said, you know, that there's millions of people voted illegally for Hillary Clinton in an attempt to throw the election. Listen, <laughs> like, listen, with, I told with no you evidence before, I, of I, any I, of that. I acknowledge the guy lies, he says stuff that's stupid, he says stuff off the top of his head without giving a lot of thought to it. That doesn't concern me. It should, uh, I guess it should, but it, what, what I'm more concerned about is what is he doing? What are his policies? And but this is all a part of what he's doing. I, I understand, he, he, I understand. He does those things and that whips people up into a frenzy and it makes everyone crazy. What whips people up, what whips people up into a frenzy is the fact that he kicked Hillary's butt and the, and the, the left hates him for that and they'll never get over that I, I, this is again where i think like it's important to draw the distinction between what you're saying is the the left or the liberals and people who love hillary clinton and wanted to come up with political excuses why she didn't win the election no that's what started I, that's what started this whole fiasco i don't think that that's what started this whole fiasco dad there was clearly a crime committed what crime uh, what crime what crime the, the, there's emails that were hacked 
uh, and then yes. published in an attempt yes. to swing the election. Russ, there was a crime. It was committed by who? By Russia, by Putin. That's who? Clinton. Uh, Clinton. Trump had the nothing. the president of the United Trump States had nothing. during his presidency met with the president of Russia and said after that meeting that he doesn't think that there's reason to disbelieve Putin. Despite the fact that all of the, the security agencies said that it was uh, clearly Russia. I don't care. So I care. guess what I'm saying is, is like, Russia. yes, Listen, uh, he's, I, he's been absolved of the collusion charge by the Mueller investigation. And yes, I think that the mainstream media, especially cable news and social media, where way too many people get their news, have been rewarded by continuing to air and publish stories about the Russia investigation and how Trump's about to fall at any minute because they know that that's what people want to see on TV, you know? Yeah. But I think that it's important to draw the distinction between that, which is essentially like, it's the same sort of stuff that got Trump elected, right? It's like, you're, you're it's, telling it's, people it's what they want to hear. You're it's keeping not, people... It's not just the media that says that. It's all the people who buy that, who buy into it, who believe it. Yeah, Dad, but what I'm saying is, is like there's misinformation and manipulation on all sides, right? And that's wrong. And I'm well, not saying, like, I'm, well, I, I agree with you. I think that for the last two or three years, uh, a lot of the, the opposition to Trump and the hashtag resistance has sort of single-handedly hung their hat on the idea that Robert Mueller was going to bring down the administration. And now what they are they doing? Really and, do, now, and now they what are they really doing? Do, now they're parsing words. They're going over his what he says, and now they're they're, they're looking at every legal angle, and they're saying, "Well, you know, yeah." Like you said in the beginning of this uh, cat broadcast, you said, "Well, um, they couldn't necessarily convict him beyond a reasonable doubt." That's not what Mueller said. Mueller said there was not one shred, about not one about iota. He that's says that he, 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 did, he couldn't fully absolve him from obstruction, right? And okay, that's yes. that's something that's going to be played And we can talk about obstruction. The, we can talk about obstruction until we're blue in the face. But it's the collusion that, they, that, that carried the day with the press. He was going to fall. He was going to get indicted. He was going to jail. They were going to come after his son. And he was going to have to give up the presidency to get his son out of jail. All of those crappy things I heard. Yeah, but the, I mean, but the bottom line is the that opposite. same people, those same people, that same press is not backpedaling. They're coming down more with a vengeance now. How much money has Rachel Maddow made oh, on the last two years with this crap that she's talked about? That's all tens of millions of total tens bullshit. All total, total bullshit. And will she ever get up and say, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, no, maybe not. No, she but won't. Here's what I'll say about that. I disagree with it, and I think it's wrong. And I think that, I'm telling you, as a journalist, trying to make my living doing television journalism, doing long-form documentaries, it's very hard to get a word in edgewise when so much of the main st of the primetime uh, news programming is just people speculating and hypothesizing about what might eventually happen with the Mueller investigation. Because if you're trying to do reporting about it opioids or it wasn't reporting. Or it wasn't. They weren't trying to do reporting. They were trying to do bashing of Trump. There was. But do you understand what I'm saying? To take that Trump really, out. I agree with you, but I I also think you got to sort of be a little bit more nuanced than that and pinpoint specifically who and what you're talking about. Because if you read 
the newspaper, there's plenty of other things that are being reported in the newspaper. If you listen to National Public Radio, there's plenty of other things and plenty of other news and news about Trump, but lots of different kinds of news being reported. The, the tendencies we're talking about, this is like the fever pitch of the media landscape is cable news and social media. What was the, what was the percentages of stories pro-Trump versus anti-Trump? You tell me. Look, journalism's job is to challenge and question people in power regardless of who they are. If it's Trump now, then it should be Trump. And if it's I, I agree the Republicans, with you. it should be the Republicans. I agree with you, Russ. I agree with you 100%. The problem is the media are so biased that they're not being fair about it. They're not, they've lost their, their sense of fairness. They've lost it. Whatever the media is supposed to do, they're not doing. They're going, they're going after candidates that are on the right and leaving the left alone. And, the, and Fox News spent eight years doing it to Barack Obama. There was the, I agree. all of the hubbub made about the fact that he had saluted a guy in the military with a latte in his hand. There was uh, the uh, I agree Donald, with Trump, you. Donald Trump himself banging on for years about the fact that his birth certificate was fake and he was born in Kenya. I like, agree with you. I agree with you. When you're talking about cable news, it's, it's, it's increasingly becoming a cesspool for uh, just that sort of like hyper hyperbolic alarmist talk absolutely that's because that's what people want to watch no if you because, hate because donald trump it's not you what hate people donald trump you want to watch someone telling you that Russ, in a very clean and clear way this investigation is going to take him down you're not letting me talk the bottom line is the 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 media and by the media i mean your newspapers and nbc cbs abc the 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 mainstream media not cable, the broadcast media is 100% left and they support anything other than Trump and they've been coming to kill Trump. In your experience as a news viewer, who are the people who you really love? Who are the people that you're like drawn to that you want to listen to? Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity? No, no, no. It used to be people like Walter Cronkite, people like, um, you know, mainstream media people who had a sense of honesty and decency. And we're, we've gotten away from that. Everybody now has got a major bias. There used to be people you could actually rely on to hear the news without their opinions thrown in. But what I'm saying, Dad, is like this goes beyond partisanship, right? Like Fox News and Donald Trump, the person, going back way before he was ever the president, are some of the biggest contributors to what you're talking about. You keep coming back to cable news, and I'm telling you, cable news came about because the mainstream media, the, the on-the-air networks, have gotten so biased liberal that nobody watches them anymore. But I, look, it's not that they're biased that bothers you, it's that they're liberal. Because you watch a media source that's super biased and has been since its inception. It just happens to be biased towards conservatism. I would much prefer to watch a non-biased, down-the-line, centrist opinion, uh, not opinion, reporting of the news. That's, I'd much rather watch that. But we you know what? There's nothing like that today. There's nothing like that today. I think it's worth getting your opinion on this. So now there's like a fight playing out on the left between people who, like people from more left-leaning outlets who for for a while now have been saying that 
the Mueller investigation is a distraction. And I think I've told you this, that there's like a growing sentiment that hanging the entire progressive cause, hanging the, the whole progressive hat on the Mueller investigation is irresponsible because you're not actually doing politics and you're not doing like electoral politics and dealing with issues that affect people. They, they've said for years, like, the Mueller investigation should go on, and when there's news to report, it should be reported, and we should deal with it as it comes, but we don't need to just focus on that, because there's a whole slew of other agenda items that have been, uh, you know, that, how, that are worth that, spending how time. That, how has that worked out for you? What do you mean for me? Is that, well, I'm, for, I'm talking about, for, like, for the, for the other they journalists they, or politicians. They haven't done that, have they? Huh? They haven't done I, I, there that. are journalists that have done that, and there's journalists that have talked about that have that have pointed this out, okay. and a lot of them are now sort of taking a victory lap, as you are, because you know they've been called Russian agents, they've been called the uh, you know people that are on Putin's payroll, and now they're saying like, look, we've been saying for years that this whole thing's a distraction, that there's no good reason to believe that there's this you know, smoking gun that's going to be discovered eventually, but there's all this other stuff that Trump's engaged in, and there's all this other stuff that Americans are concerned about that we should be focusing on. Okay. What do you make, what do you make of that? Uh, <laughs> it's interesting how you, you eat your young. I mean, <laughs> by you, I mean the left. So, so the, the people who were on the left who said called out honestly, hey, wait a second, this is, we're barking up the wrong tree here, we're wasting all of this energy, um, and they got eaten alive by their own people, right? They got attacked for being, for being Russian supporters. I mean, that's how the left works. If you well, can't, think, if you can't, there's out, a rift, don't, there's a don't rift discuss like it, don't, don't discuss it and don't talk logically to each other. Let's just go for each other's jugular. Let's attack each other personally, because that's what the left does. Everybody who, everybody who disagreed with Obama, everybody who disagreed with Obama was a racist. Everybody who disagreed with Obama was a racist. Look, there's a rift that's reemerging now that goes back years. Uh, and like one of the fault lines of this rift is the Iraq war. There's people who are Democrats and liberals who supported the Iraq war and helped to make the case for the Iraq war. And, and supported the um, Patriot Act and things like that. And then there's like a probably smaller, more radically to the left group of people and thinkers and politicians and journalists who were against the Iraq War, who were against the Patriot Act, who were against all that stuff. And, I, and then that same sort of rift reemerged during the 2016 primary with Bernie Sanders' campaign. Mm -hmm. it, it's that same sort of division between like the more mainstream centrist Democrats and then the more hardcore left progressive democratic socialist anti-war the further leftists the further your party goes towards the uh, Bernie Sanders left uh, the happier I am because my conservatives because my conservatives will win because um, you're too you you America is more mid midstream and you're way left of them. What you're saying is, is like, if the Democratic Party goes further to the left, you think that it'll be no contest that Trump will be able to beat them because the United States is a more middle-of-the-road centrist country, right? Absolutely. 
then how do you explain Donald Trump? How do you explain Donald Trump is 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 a middle of the road guy. He's not liberal and he's not conservative. He's not a conservative guy at heart. What he's been doing is all the right things from a conservative perspective. Yeah, but what I'm saying, what I'm asking you is how he got elected, right? He got elected by the bluster of We used to call him the, the silent they used to call him. We need to stop the Muslims from coming into the country. Mexicans are rapists. Like Listen, all of this hold on. Back rhetoric up. was what got people energized. That's back up. Stayed. Back up. That's back up a second. They used to call him the silent majority, back in the days of Kennedy and Johnson. The silent majority were the people who never said anything, never rioted, never protested, but they got pissed off. They were left out. They were, they were not considered. The middle of this country was not considered. The only thing that was considered was the East Coast or the West Coast. That was it. And but why, but and why they did got Trump left out so strongly with those because, people because he the talked to them. Be, because he talked to them, he talked in their language. He doesn't, he doesn't filter anything. He doesn't believe in uh, political correctness. He just shoots from the hip. But it's those, right, and this is what I'm saying. It's those things. It, it, it represents a more um, extreme and more radical uh, incarnation of what has been the conservative platform. No, no, no. Yeah, I he's disagree. calling out the enemies. He's saying that Muslims hate us and that we need to ban Muslims from entering the country. He says Mexicans rape. These are things that the Bushes and the Ted Cruzes and the Marco Rubioses and the Kasichs would never, ever, ever say. Absolutely. And the why, Absolutely. And the reason why his message resonates with those people is because it's a more extreme uh, uh, so articulation America, so of middle that America, agenda. Middle America, middle America are racist extremists. That's what you're saying. I'm not. No, I'm not saying they're. Well, I mean, that's who voted for him. That's who voted for him. Clearly, a lot of them are. But there, what I'm saying is, is he, the way he articulated that. Uh, messaging is what I think, I mean, I'm telling you, I traveled all over the country in 2016 and I talked to a lot of people who were supporting the Trump candidacy during the primary, before he was the nominee, and a lot of them repeated those talking points and they said that finally someone's come along who's willing to call a spade a spade and say it like it is, and that's why I'm going to vote for him and not these other 17 people. So, it, yeah, it, it, it's a more extreme... Uh, articulation of probably what's been a conservative platform. I mean, you had like, think of all of the things that the Bushes and the Reagans when they were presidents said about Muslims or said about immigration or said about all these things. Now look at the way Trump says it. Which is the more extreme representation? Which is the more extreme point of view and position? It's Trump's. Um, yes and no. You don't really believe that there's a no in the yes and no. I don't. I, I, think, I think that um, he just talks to people who um, believe in him because he says what they, what they want to hear. Uh, You're saying it's radical. Hear, yeah. You're saying it's radical and extreme. I'm not. I don't accept you that. You don't think it's radical and extreme to say that uh, we need to put a ban on Muslims entering the United States. At a time when, at a time when there's 
uh, people beheading us, and and wait, Syria after Syria was running out of the country, and ISIS was saying, yeah, and we're going to embed in in those refugees. Yeah, I think that was a good thing to do. But it's completely like against the Constitution and racist. I don't think so. Uh, no, it's so, not so, racist. So, it wasn't. Okay, so, it, it wasn't so meant right for or wrong. It, right or wrong. It wasn't meant. It wasn't extreme. It, it's a more extreme it, position. It than wasn't. What, it wasn't. Than what, than what was thought to have been tolerable, than what was thought to be acceptable. It was more extreme than what anyone would imagine would be a mainstream idea, until he did it. Well, I, I don't see it as racist. I don't see it as anti-Muslim. I see it as self-protecting. I understand that that's how you see it, but and 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 I obviously disagree with you. But I think what's worth articulating again here is that what you're saying is the United States is this like middle of the road centrist country, and if the Democrats go too far to the left, they're ne they'll stand no chance against Trump because the country's more centrist. What I'm saying is, a guy who presented a campaign and who presented ideas that never in a million years did most people that study politics would think would be acceptable public discourse beat a very experienced and prepared Republican field. So, so go I, left, I, I, go left, young man, go left. And I hope, I hope it happens. I hope your party goes all the way left. It's not my party. Well, whosever party it belongs to because there's no help in hell for them to win. The Democratic Party since... Jimmy Carter has been run by centrists and people who have like a more close relationship to Wall Street and with the pharmaceutical companies and with the insurance companies and Bill Clinton, his campaign and administration kind of engineered that political ideology, right? And I think that like for a very long time it worked to put forward socially liberal for the most part socially liberal and economically slightly conservative agendas because they their their goal was the same goal that Hillary Clinton had which was essentially to sort of like win the suburbs like win the middle class and the upper middle class and then count on the base of poor people and working people to come out and vote in blocks you know and I think that, that, that if there's a big lesson to be taken away from the Hillary Clinton campaign, it's that that didn't work or that it doesn't work anymore, that you can no longer just count on poor people and working people to vote Democrat unless you actually offer them economic policy that's, that speaks to them and is attractive to them. Which is what Trump has done. I mean, yeah, Trump has done that to a large extent. He's filled a, a void, like a vacuum that's existed Let's just say, for example, like organized labor, you know, organized labor, like, <clears throat> you know, this as a union guy or former union guy, like with the exception of the police unions, pretty much you can count on organized labor to vote Democrat or had it had been that way. Absolutely. And in the and, last and, 10 or, 10 or 20 years, it's started to change. Well, Trump changed it. Trump changed. I, I think it started to change before Trump. But yeah, I mean, Trump took advantage of it. Okay. The idea that that a politician, a successful politician, is only electable if they can hug the middle. I think that we, if if one thing Donald Trump has proven, it's that that's gone out the window. I'm not so sure. Okay.
Not any so centrist more uh, before the Tea Party would have totally winced at the things that are happening now in the Donald Trump administration because they're so crazy. The things that are happening or the things he's saying? Those are, it's, it's the same thing. It, no, it, it's not. No, it's not. Things he says are things that he does. If you say something, that's something that you've done. Well, no, no, I'm You're not... You're changing the public discourse. You have a bully pulpit. You are, you're talking about like hate and how much people hate Donald Trump and how all they want to do is take him down. It's not just because they've chosen him randomly out of a hat and said, we're just going to hate this guy. No, it's, cause it's the because things the things he, he says. says. Yes, you know, but not policy. Not, I'm, it's I, also he policy. Says stuff he put like children he, in cages. Wait, wait, we just had the thing about, so did Obama put children in cages? Come on. He, he was talking about McCain or he was talking about Obama being a, a you know being a birther and all of that crap, that stuff is what I'm talking about. No, his policies are right on. He last week after McCain is fucking dead, says that he I agree. I agree with you. You're preaching to the choir. I agree with you. Why does he so, do that? So then you well he does it because people love it, Dad. He does it because people. I'm not saying you love it, but I think that there's his solid core base of people no get excited they I, like it they, I they like that he picks that fight i don't agree with that at all i think most americans if you took a poll would say john mccain was a hero and they like him and so for him to take a piece of john mccain after the guy's dead is horrible and why does he say it because that's who he is he shoots from the hip he does he doesn't play to the base he doesn't he doesn't care he, ta- he says, I didn't listen hear, to me, he says what he believes. Lindsey he Graham, says, who used to be John McCain's best why do you keep interrupting saying, me? Like, I think why, this is deplorable. What, why do what you Donald keep Trump is saying is disgusting and you should apologize. Why do you keep interrupting me? You keep interrupting uh, me. I'm trying to talk. Okay. You're not letting me get a word in. I'm telling you, he says these things because that's what he believes. It's not playing to the base. He's not that sophisticated. He's just saying shit as, he, as it comes to his head. He hated John McCain, and John McCain hated him. There was a mutual animosity there. So he doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't matter who the person is. If somebody crosses him, he's coming at them. But, even if it's, even I, if it's political you, you, suicide. You make, it, you make it sound like all the Democrats want to do is take him down. Right? They do, they do. But he's the most vengeful, spiteful motherfucker that is in the political arena. He may be, because that's who he is as a person. <laughs> right, but that doesn't make it, but that shouldn't make it okay, right? I'm not like, saying it makes it okay. I'm just saying it doesn't bother me as long as he keeps doing the right stuff. Right, but what I'm saying he's doing by saying those things. I shouldn't say it doesn't bother me. It bothers me. But it's but, not as, it's not as, it's not, it doesn't outweigh the good he's doing. But you understand that there's a cost to it, right? There's a cost. And that cost goes beyond the immediacy of the fact that he said something offensive. It's that he's eroding the public discourse. I agree. He's, I agree with that. You won't, you won't have an argument from me on that. I don't like that stuff. But I can't right, change well. it. This is the package. You see, you don't vote for an ideal. You vote for the package. You have a, you have, you know, we, we have a two-party system. You get a choice of A or B. And B was Trump, okay? I didn't want Trump when there were 17 people running. I would have taken most of the others of, over him. But that didn't happen, okay? So I don't like Trump personally. 
but he is doing his actions, his presidential um, edicts and whatever are right on. I see them bloom for me and you, and I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Thanks for listening to our show. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on iTunes. You can also like our Facebook page. It's Finkelstein and Finkelstein. You can also follow me on Twitter. It's at Russ Finkelstein. Norm doesn't have a Twitter, but if you want, you could show up to his house. It's 438 Broadway, San Diego, California. He's got a gray Audi parked out front. Thanks again. <laughs>